Welcome to an NRL.com pre-season preview podcast. Chris Cannon in the studio with Jamie Sauer. Jamie, thanks for being here. Thanks, EK. Going to get cracking straight into the Bulldogs today. The Blue and Whites um, feels like a bit of deja vu, the uh, the strong bounce to finish the season. Can they carry it into the next season is the big question. Yeah, it's a a question that, for me, should have been answered last year. They had all the hype finishing off the season uh, really, really well with some performances there that would have pleased fans going into this season. Then they start with that huge loss against the Warriors in round one. So, uh, for me, it's another wasted season on the talent that should have developed a little bit uh, better. Uh, but this year they've recruited uh, okay. I thought they could have gone a little bit harder at some outside backs. They got Dean Britt in there. They've got some more back rowers. So I would like to have seen them go a little bit harder at maybe an outside centre. Latrell Mitchell takes this team straight into the eight mm. if they were able to land him. But that's not the case. The huge question, uh, apart from their form and finishing off last year, is who is their best halves combination? Is it Lachlan Lewis and Jack Cogger? Is it Brendan Wakeham and Jack Cogger? Is it Lachlan Lewis and Brendan Wakeham? So uh, for me, I know we spoke about it in the preseason about who we thought the best combinations were. Brendan Wakeham, for me, is going to be a breakout star in 2020. Yeah, Fiji International, he's been very good on the international stage when we've seen him get his chances. Uh, Kieran Foran, we haven't really talked about much, but he's a huge loss. He's still obviously in the roster, so he's taking up one of those spots. He's very good when he got on the field last year. He's talking about aiming for a late-season return, but the fact is if they're not in the mix when he gets back, then it's, it's too late. Yeah, and it's, it'd be hard too if that team and that roster had, had found themselves into the eight and played really well together to rush Kieran Foran back, as great as Kieran Foran has been uh, in the past. And then last year, we saw glimpses of that. I'd find it hard as a coach. And even as a player, you start to get into a bit of a rhythm with the players that you're playing with. And if it was a big game, they had to play, win three out of their last five or whatever like that. It'd be hard to change that and not reward those guys for battling through the season and being able to get the job done. If you have a look at their forward pack, this this can compete, this forward pack, if they get the mix right. I, I want to see Josh Jackson in at 13. Mm. I think you leave him in the middle, let him make his tackles. Let him be a distributor, which he can do. And you allow guys like Stimson, uh, Dean Britt on an edge. I know Chris Smith was injured, but Corey Harrowir and Ira, he was outstanding for the Maldives the other night. Let him on an edge. The younger guys who've got a little bit of flair, a little bit of offload, let them go out there and go to work and let Jackson in the middle. Well, they're probably in the situation now where they can afford to use Jackson in, in either role. They, they've kind of needed him on an edge in the past. You mentioned Corey Harrow and Nara's outstanding. Stimson's come up from the storm. You know, Fletala Mariner can play edge or middle. So they've kind of got the depth there in the, the four-pack now. Even with, with Smith Hurt, there's some um, some guys coming through in, in both the edge and the middle roles. Yeah, and they've got some size up front now for the first time in a long time. Aiden Tolman's been a fantastic player in the NRL, fantastic for the Bulldogs. He's probably just that little bit uh, undersized in terms of big boppers that you come up against. I mean, and you're talking, and that's no disrespect to Aiden Tolman. You talk, he's, he's one of the hardest workers in the NRL. But you're talking big guys like Nelson, Asofa Solomon, Bromwich, always that different height. So you've got one tall one and one big. They haven't had the tall one to complement Aiden Tolman, so he's had to do a lot of those carries. This year they can have off Hickey Ogden, Suasa Su, Tumunga. Those guys can start at, with Napa. And then you have Aiden Tolman come on after 15, 20 minutes and play that the next 60 and get the work done. But you need some impact to start the game. And Napa needs some help to be able to, I guess, offset what the other teams are throwing at him. 
What about Hooker? Because we've sort of seen Jeremy Marshall King take that role. They've brought across Sione Katoa from Penrith. Now, he wasn't really demanding the nine jersey at Penrith. He was finding himself in a bit of a lock role as well. Um, do you see those two job sharing, or how's that going to pan out? Yeah, it'll be interesting, won't it? Because Jeremy Marshall King, I think, will be the first choice number nine. Uh, he was He got through last year. The only question marks over him is that work rate and defence and if you get found out and sometimes you're not as crafty as like a Cameron Smith where you can take rests and and have that luxury within your team to be able to have someone fill in then you are going to get you know tired and overworked Sione could tell for me I've played with Sione he's he's one of those kids that when he gets super fit and just backs his first instinct, he can be a really, really good player. When he starts to get inside his own head and the, the messages start coming from everywhere and he starts to second-guess himself, he actually just takes a step back and it's too far back and then he, he doesn't really see the options that are about. So I think they may job share uh, just off the fact that they want to try and keep Marshall King as fresh as possible to be able to use his running game. But uh, Katoa also provides that 13 option as well if they want to go small ball. So you could play Marshall King for 60 minutes and Sione Katoa for 40 minutes, for example, and when he's not at hooker, he can go sort of roaming and, and play a bit more of a, a middle forward And role. you might need to give Josh Jackson a spell. I mean, you look at his mm. work rate over the last you know 10 years he's been playing. Massive. It's a huge. It's a huge work rate. You may try and just say, Josh, look... It's it's not a, a blight on the game anymore if you're not an 80-minute player and you work so hard in the forwards. And that's coming from a halfback that I didn't do anywhere near the amount of work <laughs> rate. But it's not a blight if you have if – if you get 60 minutes and you're doing 80 minutes work, we need to win. We need to have fresh guys out there. We need to be smart with our subs. So you may say to Josh Jackson, look, we're going to give you 30 minutes. We're going to bring you off and let Sione go. And then you're going to come on 10 minutes after halftime and finish the game for us. You touched on the outside backs before, no real notable uh, recruits. But, you know, last year they brought in Dallin from the, the Panthers. They brought across Nick Meaney at the start of the year. They've, um, they've got you know, Morgan Harper coming through, Ockenbore, debuted. So they, they don't have any big new names, but do they have the, the skill, the speed, the, the depth, the strike to, to cover for it? Yeah, well, Dallin was outstanding last year yeah. and really good in the Moldy game the other night. Uh, I, I like the fact that Dallin gets your set started, which is so important in the NRL. You look at the the teams that get their set started the best, give themselves an opportunity to be always asking the questions and forcing the issues. So uh, I'd like to see him just get that little bit of finesse in his game, uh, and that's still developing. It has been for a little while now. He needs to take the next step in terms of being able to take short sides, three-on-twos, and also be a threat to take a little bit of pressure off Lachlan Lewis and Cogger and or Wakeham. So uh, Dallin's been fantastic for them. They reshuffled a lot of their outside backs last year. I don't think Dean mm. Pay ever went to training and thought, right, I can't not pick this guy. They, they always gave the next guy in an opportunity. Uh, Holland will be in there for his goal kicking, obviously. Ockenbore, bit inconsistent, you know, found an injury and then couldn't really get back to that form. So uh, they do have some talent. Remus Smith will be on one side, you would think. Uh, but with the new rules, you know, Nick Meany might be the guy in the bubble here because... Ockenbore and Remus Smith, two big targets to kick mm. at, and, and Lewis's kicking game could really help them. So uh, maybe Nick Meany finds himself maybe that utility role, but uh, I'd like to see him in the side as well.
we haven't really talked about the coach, but it's now getting to the point where he's been there a while. He's put his fingerprints on the roster now. He's, he's inherited a salary cap mess, but they've made some handy recruitments. All those guys like, you know, Suaso Su and Nick Meany, who they're not paying top dollar for, but getting some mileage out of. Does that help now, that bit of continuity with the coach and, and having his own roster? Well, you'd, you'd like to think so. Uh, you'd like to think that this, if they start slow this year, they'll, the, the whispers will come out again about his coaching role and, and whether he's going to be able to hold on to it. And then who do they look for? Because the Bulldogs, to me, they're a very family-orientated club. They want someone who's been a Bulldog, who, you know... And then they went to Des Hasler, who had great success. And despite the salary cap stuff, to take the team to two grand finals mm. is very impressive. If you had won one of those, no one would have mentioned any of the salary cap stuff. So um, they are going to be under pressure early on, the Bulldogs, especially with the young team. If they can't get it right in the first month and they go one and three... The whispers will start out again, and, and that's where they are at the moment. I, I think that they're a, a young team that's on the rise. 2021 may be their season where they actually put it all together, but they're starting to get that bit of aura around the Panthers. Remember the, the young mm. guys from the Panthers? Great talent. They're bringing them through. They're bringing them through. Still haven't delivered past week two of the finals, uh, and this is a team that still hasn't made the eight. So I don't see them making the eight this year. I think they're, um, they're gritty, but they're just inconsistent. Well, I was about to say it's prediction time. You've pretty much done it. You've got them just outside the eight. Where have we got them? Ninth, tenth, eleventh? Thirteenth this year. I think they, they, they're inconsistent performances. Last year, twelfth. This year, thirteenth. Just off the back of when you're a young team learning and you you think you're ascending, all of a sudden you come up against the power of the NRL and plus the depth as well. You look at the, the teams that we've picked in the eight you know, consistently, they're strong one to 25. Uh, the Bulldogs at the moment, one, one to 18. It's a wrap on the Bulldogs. I'll see you back here for another podcast shortly.